Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. Come on in. We're here. We have no business being here, but we're here. What took you so long to get here with us? They're probably going to say what took you so long. Fair. That's fair. (laughs) We had a crazy day. We had a crazy week. You guys don't care, but it's just been crazy. (laughs) And we're, we're here now. So thank you for your patience, as always. Thank you. This week's case is emotional. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible things were done to very innocent people, as usual. And yeah, trigger warning at the top. It involves children. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that when I signed up to do this case this week. So I just had to suffer through it. Was so it another like we're all recommended case? No. Uh. I found it on my own like a while ago. And I was like, you know what? Let's do this. And it was about like a woman mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. so i was like i want to i want to incorporate this we know we like when a woman cut up child we do we, we like do. to talk about it we definitely do okay let's get started in 1995 a chicago woman was desperate to make her man happy the couple had such a tumultuous relationship that she felt that the only way to make sure he never left her was to give him the desires of his heart and that required her to do something heinous brutal and totally extreme so join us as we discuss the strange and deranged Jacqueline Williams. Miss mm. Williams is already not giving. Jacqueline. If you've seen the skit from Key and Peele, you know what I'm talking about. I was about, about to say, why have I heard definitely that before? Miss mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackie is not giving. Yeah, I'm going to call her. Um, what am I going to call her? I'm going to be calling her Jack throughout this whole thing because I don't have time to be, keep saying Jacqueline. Okay. So we're diving straight into the worst day of a lot of people's lives. All right, let's get to it. On November 16th, which is crazy because that's like what? Two that was days two days ago. ago. Mm-hmm. 1995. Mm. A man named James Edward had left the Addison, Illinois home he shared with his girlfriend, Deborah Evans, at 5.30 p.m. When he returned to the home at around 2.30 a.m., he was greeted by Deborah's two-year-old son, who was crying and visibly traumatized. Oh, no, Kayla. Yeah, exactly what you're thinking. Oh, no. Yes, the worst. Like I said, the worst day of a lot of people's lives happened. And he also saw that the baby had some blood on his clothes. Oh, no. The 22-month-old was able to tell James that something had happened to his mom and his sister. The two-year-old was able to say something happened, Kayla? We can speak very well. We're going to get to that later. Oh, this is too much already. Yep. James frantically searched the house, and when he entered the living room, he found Deborah lying on the floor, covered in blood and unresponsive. My God. And he was traumatized, horrified, yeah. freaking out. Yeah. And on top of that, Deborah was nine months pregnant at the time and was scheduled to be induced on Sunday, November 19th. So three days after the attack. She was pregnant? Yeah. That baby, Kayla? Yeah. Was full form, basically? Oh, yeah. Ready to take his first breaths in the real world. No, 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 no. <sighs> no, 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 no. As my baby is cooing in the background. I will knock all this shit over. Love him. And we're three minutes in. Not only did James see that she was covered in blood, but he also saw that she had a large gash on her stomach area. I should have known. Mm-hmm. Jackie's nuts. A thief. A thief and she's nuts. Oh, yeah. He then made his way to the children's bedroom, and that's when he found Deborah's 10-year-old daughter, Samantha, fatally stabbed, and her throat had been cut as well. My goodness. My God. This is a baby. How are you killing kids? She's so cute. Adorable little thing. How do you fucking sleep a night after that? You don't. Oh, I'm so sorry, baby girl. 
James knew that Deborah had three children and noticed that her seven-year-old son, Joshua, was missing. Oh, he's so cute. And he immediately called 911. Period. You should have been called. I mean, I know you're trying to figure out the situation. Exactly. He did it as fast as he could. Right. Unfortunately, the worst possible scenario occurred and Joshua would be found later. No, no, no. And was also killed by the same people. People. Responsible for killing his mother and sister. Why did they take him? Great question. We're going to get to it. But like a bit later, because we're going to hear from this crazy bitch what her side of the story was. Once police arrived at the scene, they quickly learned that the unborn baby who Deborah planned to name Elijah had been cut from her body and was also missing. My God. Unbelievable. According to Dr. Shaku Tiez, who conducted the autopsies, Deborah's cause of death was a gunshot wound to the back of her head. And she had also been stabbed in the neck and she had a 13 inch gaping wound. Like we said, that spanned her lower abdomen. Yeah. Cause they took that baby. Yep. It was also determined that Deborah was still alive when her baby was cut from her body, suggesting that there is a good chance that the baby survived, which is because the only fucking saving grace in this whole thing. I was like, at first, when you first said that, I was like, oh my God, that's hell. But mm-hmm. then to know that that was crucial for the baby to be alive, I was like, I guess. Yes, like she had to still be alive for the baby to survive. And if she was, if she had passed at that time, the baby wouldn't have survived longer than three to five minutes. Wow. So. Oh, I'm traumatized. Imagine being a baby in a womb and all of a sudden you can tell something's wrong here. And like, they can't escape. They can't do anything. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope that baby wasn't aware of like I the trauma God that I went through. That you baby know? was not aware. It was brought into the world. Right. So they could tell that from the amount of blood that was found at the crime scene and the way the blood was like splattered suggests that Deborah's heart was still beating. So that's a great thing. For the baby. For the baby, not her, because she's probably still feeling this. And holy crap. After a gunshot wound to the back of the head? Oh, yeah. You're still alive? Like, I feel like that was purpose. Like, she was going to make it for her baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For her baby, if nothing else. Ten-year-old Samantha had been stabbed seven times in her neck. And she had some wounds to her left arm, suggesting she was trying to fight off her attackers. I'm so sorry, baby girl. Attackers. With an S at the end. What do you need two attackers for a 10-year-old girl for? I'm, 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 I'm holding on. I'm like, people are disgusting. I'm trying not to go the fuck off until we, we get there. And seven-year-old Joshua, whose autopsy was performed by Dr. Joseph Kogan, had suffered multiple injuries. He had ligature marks around his neck, suggesting a strangulation attempt was made, but his official cause of death was the stab wounds he suffered to his neck. Somebody really in the, at their big grown age stabbed a seven-year-old boy in his neck to death. Multiple times. Multiple times. I'm so sorry. Hell is hot and ready. I'm like, like I need, a, sh- I need a stress ball. Because no. I'm just like, pal- my heart is palpitating. I'm tearing this rag I got in my hand up. <laughs> I'm you so... You are ripping it the fuck out I'm of it. I'm so distraught. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. The doctor could also tell that Joshua had ingested iodine, which is poisonous to consume and could tell because his lungs had sustained some tissue damage because the poor baby had thrown up and Mm. some of it had ended up in his lungs Mm -hmm. and the iodine damaged them. Mm -hmm. So they tried to kill this baby multiple ways. Mm -hmm. You in your big grown age. At your big grown age. It took that many attempts. Yeah. Investigators would later find the cord used to strangle Joshua and the knife used to stab him at the home of his killer. Period. Thank the Lord. You idiots. It's undeniable. Right. You're going to hell. And jail. And jail. So rest in peace to Deborah, rest in peace to Samantha, and rest in peace to Joshua. Deborah Evans was born on May 6th, 1967 in Southern Illinois and was mostly raised by her father, Sam. Mm-hmm. One of her cousins described her as being, quote, fun-loving, laughter-seeking, who loved to go dancing, who loved children, and was open and forgiving of everyone in her life. Aw, she actually looks really jolly. She does look She looks like she likes to laugh. Mm -hmm. Deborah was a beautiful person and an excellent mother. Period. 
1985, when she was 18 years old, Deborah gave birth to her daughter, Samantha Jean. No, a young mama. Look at Samantha. Samantha Jean is a really cute. I would say that's my friend. You can already tell. Like she (laughs) knows what she thinks. She has a good head on her shoulders. She's Mm -hmm. adorable. She was so sweet. She was described as being a very like soft princess type of girl. Mm -hmm. She kept it cute. Period. Yeah, it was just a sweetheart. Okay, sis. And then three years later in 1988, Deborah gave birth to her first baby boy, Joshua Ryan. Oh, he is adorable. Adorbs. Joshua was described as being athletic and he loved to play football. Period. He would also pretend to be a tough guy, but he wasn't. No, he was a teddy bear. Huge sweetheart, which I love. With his platinum blonde hair. Who was your daddy? Um, I don't know, but I think him and... Samantha had the same dad. Okay. They look very similar, so I think. In the face, yes. But when it came to his mom and sister, he ain't playing. Period. He was was going to bat. He was going to do everything he needed to protect them. And, like, that's the vibe he gave, which is so stinking cute. He was the man of the house. I was about to say, he was a little man. Adorable. At some point after the birth of Samantha and Joshua, Deborah moved to the suburbs of Chicago. And while living there, she ended up meeting 22-year-old Laverne Ward. Who was that? So if you're on Patreon, you see him. This is Laverne. This is fucking Laverne. How did he pull Deborah? I do oh. not know. Deborah seems like a sweetheart. Look, I'm going to just say this, y'all. If y'all going to go for certain types of men, cough, cough, black men, you have to know the game, okay? Like, you have to be a person that can peep some game. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying, because black men, they know how to run it. Not all black men, obviously. But, but I'm not talking saying, about trash bags and no, I'm not even saying bad game. I'm just saying game in general. Like, you know how when a black man approaches you, it's going to be different from the way a person from a different culture is going to approach you. They're going to approach you a little more smooth, a little more like, you know, you feel like flattered. You feel like, mm, what you got going on? You know, exactly. Exactly. And that can feel really good. Mm-hmm. But also they can use sometimes people can use that to manipulate Hundred percent. So that's what I'm saying. Like you have to kind of know the game in yeah. a way and know who you're dealing with. Yes, for sure. No shade to my black man. I love my black man. <laughs> Shit, Kristen loves. You her already black man. know, but you have to be able to tell the truth. You can love and still be honest, and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what people struggle to do. Mm-hmm. So this is Laverne, and in 1994, the couple welcomed a son named Jordan. God, talked about Jordan. He's so freaking cute. Oh my goodness. I'm going to show you a picture of him later, sister. But if you're on Patreon, I'll post it right now so you can see it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on Patreon, you haven't seen the pictures yet. Deborah is a woman of the root of the caucus. Mm-hmm. And Super Laverne, cute. like we just said, is a black man. Mm-hmm. Their relationship was extremely volatile at times, leading to Deborah kicking Laverne out of the house and eventually getting a restraining order against him for domestic violence. Oh, toward no. Yes. Laverne, why can't you just be a good man? It was too hard, Kristen. It wasn't his blood, his DNA pissed and he can't we're kind of going to talk from talk about like where he came from and stuff yeah like his Um, background or mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. but you still don't put your hands on nobody laverne but deborah still ended up getting pregnant by laverne at the beginning of 1995 Mm. so it was like one of those situations where i know i shouldn't fuck with you but but like i love you you. Mm -hmm. it's just toxic back and forth Mm mm-hmm she felt that she needed to protect herself and her children, so she moved to Addison, Illinois to get away from Laverne and just start over. Okay. But Laverne wasn't just going to let Deborah walk away with two of the children, and on the day of the murders, he showed up at Deborah's house with two people. Kayla, mm-hmm. please. Wait, so she had two kids by this man, right? She has one. She has Jordan. Okay. Which is her youngest, the okay. 22-month-old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the baby in her womb. Yes, that is his as well. Okay, so two. Elijah is his child. Okay. So he showed up to the house with two people, his 28-year-old cousin, Jacqueline. (laughs) Kristen mugged the fuck out of her. Look at how she's looking. I know, real crazy. Kristen called her Big Bird. She looks like (laughs) a big bird. (laughs) She does look like a big bird. Mm -hmm. And her 22-year-old boyfriend, Fidel Caffey. Why would y'all go along with this? We're going to talk about it. Okay, let's talk about it. So Deborah knew all three of these people when they came to her house, and she was actually friends with Jacqueline. So maybe that's why she was like, "Eh, I know I shouldn't let this man in, but I'm going to because I fuck with Jack. And it's like, this is the father of my kids. Right. 
So it's like really hard for her to probably separate. Yeah. And that's such a hard balancing act. But at the same time, if he wants to kill you, that's it. And there's a reason you the moved least away. you could do. Yeah. Like is keep them away from him. Like they coming up to your house, you moved away at this point. You have a restraining order out mm-hmm. and they're and they found you, even if you gave them whatever, that yeah. house address, whatever. But they're knocking on your door uninvited. Yeah. Girl. Unannounced too. Deborah your heart was so big. And like we said at the top, she was forgiving and forgave everyone. But she shouldn't have forgave this one. Mm. Now, before we get to what happened next, I want to give you guys some background information about Jacqueline and Fidel so you guys can know the type of people that we're dealing with. They look crazy. Yeah, and are, and is. Jacqueline Annette Williams was born on December 22nd, 1966. Mm. She had a pretty hectic childhood. Um, The divorce of her parents was very bitter, and Jacqueline and her siblings were caught in the middle of it. Mm. And afterward, her mother decided to pick up and move them from Alabama to Chicago. Okay. So that's a huge change. I was to say, you should be able to relate. Jacqueline. Deborah's trying to do the same thing. Right. Jacqueline didn't give a fuck. But she quickly realized that Chicago was not the place she wanted to raise her children. There was a lot of crime and drugs going on. She ain't know that, I don't think. So she decided to move to the suburbs of Chicago, which was technically Wheaton, Illinois. Okay. By the time Jacqueline was 16 years old, she was putting her mom through hell Mm. i can relate she was staying out all night doing drugs having sex jacqueline girl you fast (laughs) basically being a mother's worst nightmare right and by 17 years old she dropped out of school and was pregnant with her first child Mm, okay we all have a past yeah we've all made mistakes I'm not saying her kid is a mistake, but I'm just saying sometimes I'm sure she didn't want to have kids that early. Right. But by the age of 20, Jack was married with three kids. Dang. Jack. Who was you married to? Wasting any time. I don't know. We didn't see too much about him, but we will kind of hear what their relationship was like. Mm -hmm. And she made the decision that she was completely done having children after her third kid and decided to get her tubes tied at 20 years old. I mean, she's probably at this point like, I'm tired of kids. Yeah. Maybe she didn't know there was BC. Yeah. Maybe she didn't give a damn. Maybe she had access to birth control. Who knows? Right. Three years later, Jack found herself divorced and trying to take care of three kids with little to no income other than government aid she was getting. That's hard. Yep. So she decided to start stealing and Mm. writing bad checks. For what? Okay. (laughs) Both of which she was arrested for. But while she was on probation, it seemed like she was trying to get her life on the right track because she started studying to become a CNA. Okay. And she did. She got her certification. Okay. Good job, Jacqueline. What are you doing? Well, in this case, we're going to get to it. According to Jack's mother, though, she had a normal childhood. She was well-behaved and went to church regularly. And she dropped out of school her sophomore year because she was pregnant. That's Mm -hmm. why she dropped out. Mm -hmm. Her sister said she was a big daddy's girl and struggled with being too trusting of men. And that's kind of what it's giving. Because, Mm -hmm. like, when she moved with her mom, all of a sudden she started giving her mom hell. I wondered why. Like, does she resent her mom for the divorce, from taking her from her dad? Mm -hmm. What's that about? It it could play a part. Because, you know, teenage girls can just... Cut up just to cut up. Just to cut up. That's fair. Not taking out anyone. But there's something else that could be underlying. Mm -hmm. So she was too trusting of men, specifically her ex-husband, who would physically beat her. Here we go. Here we go. And almost all her boyfriends after that. So she was just in abusive relationship after abusive relationship. They did admit that something must have happened. And they, meaning her sister and her mom, did admit that something must have happened in high school to make her change so much because she changed like 180. They just didn't know what it was. Her mother said, quote, there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle missing. She loved people too much, not just kids, but all people. Hmm. I mean, you would think that's a good thing. Right. So her mom's basically like, why would she do what she did? Like, this was not her. Yeah. Something must have happened. Jack ended up meeting 20-year-old Fidel Caffey. Here we go. You know he was cute at one point. Whatever. Literally can't see past the disgust. He was like Michael Jackson in a Long-ass neck. Who? Michael Jackson? (laughs) Y'all... Don't come for her. Like, we love her, okay? <laughs> don't don't be too hard. Don't come for me. You can try. Just don't. I don't care. Don't come to her. They're going to be coming it now, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen, please. That's if what somebody that's famous, that's light-skinned, 
All right. And things took a really dark turn in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Fidel was born on January 16, 1973. And when he met Jack, he was six years. Her junior. I was going to say he's younger. Much younger. younger. Basically fresh out of high school. But he already had a very extensive criminal record. Mm. He had gun charges, narcotic charges, domestic violence issues. He hit someone over the head with a bottle. He had shooting incidents. It was just too fucking much. He was bad shit. Mm. Baby kid. And this is who you want to be with, Jacqueline. Oh, yeah. Now, up until this point, Jack wasn't violent. Mm -hmm. But with this new man in her life, she was about to be. (sighs) You done fucked up, Jack. I'm like, us women, come on, girls. Like, ladies, we have to be more, use our discernment, the good discernment that God gave us. Because love bombing is real. And sometimes you don't know who you're dealing with until you're with them and it's too fucking late. But the minute you do. The minute you do. Dip. Get the. Like, you're beautiful. How many men are out there that you can meet? You know, I know it sucks starting over, but you're worth it. Your sanity's worth it. Absolutely. And violence is something Fidel was used to from his childhood because both his mother and grandmother had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. And he was used to crazy type of behavior, stir- disturbing. For example, smearing feces on walls. Oh, my God. He- and putting their heads in toilets. He was privy to that? Yes. This is what his grandmother and his mother were doing. And, like, he lived, you know, with them. And that was his experience girl so he kind of used like how he treated his mom and grandmother to determine how he treated a woman in a relationship right (laughs) fidel please i know and maybe that's why jacqueline actually went a little bit more violent because Mm -hmm. he was used to violent women in his life maybe he was trying to recreate that in some way with jacqueline he was he was definitely accepting of it because we're gonna get to how jacqueline used to treat fidel Mm. When it came to his father, Fidel didn't really have a relationship with him because he accused his mother of cheating on him and felt that Fidel probably wasn't even his kid. So he rejected him. I hate that that's a trend in the black community. It happened to our old mother. Even if it was, even if she did cheat, so the fuck what? Like, still take care of him. And I'm just saying. What? I'm just I mean, saying, I, like. But don't treat her. Like, you know what I'm saying? You like, know, like, you can treat maybe the mom. Like, I don't trust you. But when it comes to the kid, he mm-hmm. didn't do anything to deserve that. You are the man in his life. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, it's what, 1973? In the in the 70s? So he didn't think that he could get a DNA test. I have time, like, y'all niggas be wrong. Just like my mama's daddy was. Yeah. Wrong. He was wrong. Loud and wrong. Loud and black and wrong. And a colorist. And a colorist. Fuck you, James. The only real male figure Fidel had in his life was his grandfather. And he was, uh, like, wherever he laid his hat was his home oh, type of guy. Papa and when he died, oh, he left us was alone. Mm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> That was the type of de- granddaddy he had. So he had no real great example of what it means to be a man. No. And his grandpa like would come around. He'd be around for a bit. And then he would leave to spend time with his girlfriend. And then he'd come back. Mm-hmm. So it was just a mess. Fidel didn't have any stability in his life. But he clinged to the relationship with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And when he died in 1991, Fidel's whole outlook on life changed. And that's when a lot of his criminal behavior started to become Okay, so the only thing that he could say was a good man Mm -hmm. passed. Now he has nobody. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sad. Yeah, it is. While he was still in high school, he had a baby with his high school girlfriend, but the relationship didn't last for much longer after that. Mm -hmm. And once he graduated, instead of going to college or looking to learn a trade, he started selling crack. Because as you do. No. One plus two equals three, right? No, you don't go to crack. <laughs> crack, crack is, is whack. whack. <laughs> How do you go straight to crack? I know. He started selling crack. Slanging crack. Not even dying bags of weed. Straight crack. Shit. And would end up hiring Laverne Ward oh. to be one of his curs. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's how Laverne introduced Fidel to Jack. Yep. Here's a little bit about Laverne. We don't care about him. We kind of hate him. Actually, we don't. We can't really hate all these people, but we have no love in our hearts for them because hate is heavy. Right. It is. I have a question. Yeah. How did Laverne know Jack again? Cousin. Thought so. Yep. Okay. Laverne was born on September 21st, 1971 and was raised in Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. By the early 90s, he had relocated to Carroll Stream, Illinois with a girl he was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And the couple had a child together, but their relationship didn't last. Okay. Surprising. I'll say, here's the trend. And what did Laverne do in response to the relationship not working? Mm-hmm. He decided to start harassing her and was charged several times for this and even charged with domestic violence as well. You're corny. I'm so shocked. I didn't see this coming. Like, look at you. How you putting your hands on somebody? Looking like how you looked. Small. Sad. In October of 1992, Laverne violated a protective order his ex had in place and ended up pushing a police officer. So he was arrested and sentenced to three years in jail. Oh, he's real nutty. If he don't have no, like, boundaries. You put your hands on cops, you don't give a fuck. You don't give a damn. So she probably should be scared of you. And was. Mm. Anyway, he only served a year. Maybe less. And that's when he met Deborah, and she ended up getting pregnant with Jordan. Damn, Deborah. Wasted no time. Damn, damn, damn. Condoms must have been twenty hundred dollars <laughs> a box because this is—they're n- not involved in this situation at all. And y'all's pullout game back then was mad weak. weak. So I don't know if it was cute to have kids or out of wedlock or what or what. What was it giving? But damn, I, don't know. I didn't want to know what it was giving. Deborah, I just wish you would have just stayed, steer clear of this. You had kids. You had kids, baby girl. Now, back to Jack and Fidel's relationship. They were toxic as hell. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Jack because that bitch looks crazy. Look at her. Nuthouse. Look at her eyes. Now I know why Fidel was attracted to her. Nuthouse. His mama should have been in a nut house. His grandmama should have been in a nut house. Jack should have been in a nut house. But we don't. Them all. But we don't know if this is Jack because of Fidel or this is Jack before Fidel. You know all what right. I'm saying? Well, that's fair. But because Jack was seems like the most violent person within the relationship. Like she had violent mood swings. She threatened to kill him a lot. Mm-hmm. She even used voodoo against Fidel in an attempt to control him even more. Oh no. Yeah, she went as far as to put period blood she did in that. his drink. Yeah. To make him like obsessed with her, hooked on her. She wanted to have the most amount of control that she could, so that's what she did. Yeah. I thought that was a joke. Man, I didn't think that was Putting something that, people really did. Yeah, like in people's spaghetti and I've stuff. Heard of it, but never um, did I think. Yeah, Jack was nuts. Jack, she looks like she's been ran through. <laughs> she looks like she is desperate yeah for, for something. something for something she looks like she feeds off of negative energy that's for sure yeah she ran over one of his girlfriends before she scratched his face up used a baseball bat against him and even stabbed him before okay so she's the problem i was about to say so now you see she was the one that was going crazy she's the problem a friend told the Associated Press that, quote, they were very violent towards each other. They used to cut up each other's dashboards, cut up their tires, break the windows in each other's cars. They used to fight constantly, end quote. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. She would threaten to kill herself, too. And you may think, like, all of this would push Fidel away. Be like, no, no I don't want a crazy bitch like this. But no, it drew him closer to her. And he saw the suicidal threats as a way to, that she was like, I love you so much. Like, I can't lose you. If I lose you, I literally want to die. But it's because of his experience. Exactly. He's seen his parents, I mean, his mom and his grandma act on some shit like that. Yep. That's what he's used to. Yep. And to add to the delusion, the couple really wanted to have a baby. Well, I think it was mostly Fidel, and he specifically wanted a light-skinned baby. Hispanic. Mm-hmm. I know he kind of looks like just like a light skinned guy, but definitely, yeah, he has Hispanic in him, and he wanted his baby to look light skinned. And according to the same friend we mentioned earlier, Jack felt that giving him a baby would solidify the relationship and ensure that he never leaves her. Right, because she's already nutty at this point. Oh yeah, she already has mental health issues. <laughs> we know what it's giving, and, and clearly Jack is black, so. She can't necessarily, she probably feels like she can't give him this light-skinned baby that he wants. And she has her tube side. And so she, she has her tube side. She cannot even give him a baby at all. So what is she talking about? She's delusional. The friend said, quote, she used to tell me all the time, I know if I can just get a baby by Fidel and if it's a boy, I can keep him. Which is wild. I don't know if Fidel knew that she had her tube side. Like, I don't know right. what he was 
I don't know when he found that out because obviously he finds out eventually when they literally cut this dog on woman up and steal her baby. Mm, mm, mm. So in April of 1995, Jack announced to her friends and family that she was pregnant. Lies. You can't get pregnant, Jack. And I was like, how? Who in her family did she tell? And they didn't say, wait, don't you have your tubes tied? She initially said she was due in August, but later changed it to October and then November. Mm, Girl, that's three months. (laughs) You can't get delayed that much time. Absolutely not. I feel like people knew she was crazy and they just Mm. like enabled her. Oh, yeah. If you're not used to dealing with people that have mental health issues, you may try to like write it off because one, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And two, it's scary to admit that someone you love is really, like, unhinged like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. And you want to just, like, pass it off and brush it off yep. because what else are you going to do? But you have to cut that sh- and nip it in the bud. Oh, early. Tell them that, no, you are not pregnant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the doctor with you. Let's go see. see if it's happening right. for real. Since you like to lie, be. <laughs> So either way, whether her family knew that she got her tubes tied or whatever the situation was, at least one of her family members knew that she wasn't really pregnant. And that was her cousin, Laverne. Mm. And being the helpful cousin that he was, he had an idea that could help Jacqueline solve her problem of not having a child and solve his problem of not wanting one. He's disgusting. Deborah probably didn't even want nothing to do with you after she was pregnant. She moved away. used up dope spoon looking. That's what you get. She didn't even want you to be a part of that baby's life Mm-mm. after she moved she away. She literally wanted to fuck right off. She wasn't going to put you in child support. You have nothing. You don't have anything to give her. So, so what was you it, mad it has about? to be just control. Oh my God. Yep. Hey friend, are you interested in having something in your hand that still gives you that like hand to mouth satisfying feeling? Okay. I want to hear more about this. Fume. Fume is one of our sponsors and honestly, it's pretty dope. Is it, though? Because I feel like it's... What is it giving? Oh, it's dope. Mm. First of all, Fume has so many different delicious flavors that you can have. Fume is completely natural. It's not electronic. You don't have to charge it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Whoa. Okay. The trigger words for me were completely natural and delicious flavors. Mm. So if you guys heard anything in this ad that you were attracted to, we highly suggest trying out Fume. And if you want to get a discount, you should head to tryfume.com and use code BLACKTUCRIME to save 10% when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code BLACKTUCRIME to save an additional 10% on your order when you buy the journey pack. All right, back to the episode. I want to fight. Yep. So Jack, Fidel, and Laverne all headed to Deborah's house on November 16th. And according to them, they initially tried to offer Deborah $2,000 for her unborn baby. $2,000. Y'all ain't got it. If she loved her baby. She would have never gave it to these nincompoops. These people (laughs) that are in no way able to take care of their children. Where are Jack's three kids at this point? I was going to say, why? where is Jack? What is she doing? She got kids. She not has, enough. She is not with Fidel to but, keep her main. But Jack doesn't have a, a, her mindset straight. Like, Jack no, is nuts at this point. Up. So yeah. we really need to be looking Fidel and Laverne mm-hmm. in the eye to be like, why are you doing this? You know, because we already know Jack is nuts. She's going to go whatever. Right. But Laverne, why would you even do that? Deborah wasn't even fronting you, wasn't even stunting you. Well, you know how he was upset with his ex and putting his hands on her and violating and, the restraining and, order. Exactly. Still harassing her after she was over the relationship. Like, it's a control thing. You but don't walk away from me. I walk away from you. Whoa. But is he a little nutty, too, to yes, literally propose the idea of cutting his son you out of somebody's okay body? You can't be okay up here. You can't be okay up here to even fucking think that. Wow. Let alone suggest it to other people. So obviously Deborah refused, and without hesitation, Fidel shot Deborah in the head and then started stabbing her repeatedly with a poultry knife. So Fidel or like she- poultry shears. Fidel started it. Yes. Wow. The violence. Yeah. Then Laverne and Fidel went to the children's bedroom and took the life of ten year old Samantha. Two grown That's why I said two men. grown men attacking a, a 10-year-old girl stabbing her in the neck. Had nothing to do with her. Unfathomable. 
While that was happening, Jack was in the living room giving Deborah a C-section so she could steal her baby boy. Once he was delivered, she gave him mouth to mouth and then he began to cry. She was prepared. Oh, yeah. Miraculously, baby Elijah was completely healthy when he was born. He weighed six pounds and eight ounces. And the only thing that was wrong was his umbilical cord was a little messed up because it had been like basically cut sloppily Mm, because of her bitch ass. Correct. (laughs) Other than that, he was perfect. Thank God. Jack gave the baby a quick bath and then wrapped him up to get ready to leave. Wow, Kayla. Jack wasn't playing. Jack was on a mission. She said, this is my baby. She didn't care about what anything else was going on in that house. She came in there with a mission. And she had the nerve to actually care for the baby. Yep. Because it was hers in her mind. Her wow. fucked up, deluded, nuthouse mind. And one of the most heartbreaking facts about this whole entire case is that Joshua was hiding while all of this was going on. But before Jack left out the door, he ran out and grabbed her leg, saying that he didn't want to stay there because Laverne and Fidel were bad. So Jack ended up taking him with her. Like he almost escaped it, but he was scared and thought that Laverne and Fidel would have found him. Oh my God. And then it makes me think Samantha must have told her brother to hide. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which oh, is just a yeah. Ten-year- a 10 year old to even have the. But she's just a bomb. To say that. Girl, Samantha, I told you, I saw in her eye. That's a bomb chick. Same oh thing God. with, like, you know, and she risked her life. She didn't hide. Yeah. She made sure that she at least was, yeah. like, there so that her brother could possibly get away. Yeah. But he thought he could trust Jack, yep. which means he knew Jack. Yeah. He did. They had some type of relationship where he felt like he could go and call her and be like, Please help me. In like the most terrifying moment of his life. And she led him to the slaughterhouse. Yep. I just need, I need a hug personally. Oh my God. I'm hurting. This hurts. It really does. It really does. It be the ones you know, y'all. And love. Yep. If you guys hear any gulping or (laughs) extra noise, it's because my baby's up here. Baby's here, y'all. Baby's here. Okay. So once Samantha had passed, the killers took 70-year-old Josh with them and left 22-month-old Jordan alone at home with the bodies of his mother and sister. Wow. Just to add insult to injury. So they knew he was there, though, which is Laverne's kid, by the way. Correct. So Laverne didn't kill him. I don't know if it was because maybe it he, was his kid yeah. or maybe he was like, well, he can't talk because I'm sure if he felt like Samantha and Joshua couldn't have pointed the finger at them, they wouldn't have said anything. Right. Or, they would have yeah, left, they left them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they felt like Joshua or Jordan couldn't have told anyone. Mm-hmm. The killers drove over to a friend named Patrice's house and Jack took Joshua to her door asking if she could watch him for a while because his mother had been shot and Jack had to go to the hospital to be with her. Wow. So you're a liar too. Well, you know, told half the truth, right? Yeah. Half of it. And Patrice, of course, agreed to watch the little boy. And before Jack left, she tells Patrice, quote, oh, by the way, I just had a baby. Here she go. With her bullshit. Setting up the bullshit. I was going to say setting up the scene. Yep. And Patrice is like, um, okay. It's not giving truthful. (laughs) And she felt like something was really wrong. Okay. On top of that, little Joshua had no shoes or pants on when he was dropped off. And he had blood on him. Y'all didn't even wash the boy up. But that's what I'm saying. It's Jacqueline. Like, she's the one who's kind of, like, in her mind running the show. Yeah. And she, honestly, I applaud her for at least trying to save Joshua. For at least taking him and saying, okay, let me drop him off at Patrice's house. Instead of just having him with Laverne and Fidel. Because they could have just straight up took him somewhere and... And killed him right then and there. They could have, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think that she was taking him over to Patrice's to try to save him. I didn't think of that. I don't know. I did. Maybe that was what she tried to do. But according to Patrice, Joshua cried all throughout the night. And the next morning, he ended up telling her that four people had come to his mommy's house and killed her and his sister. And this is a seven-year-old. So you can't so easily, like, dismiss what he's saying. He can talk. He had blood on him. Yeah. And he confidently identified Annette, Fidel. He knew Jack Jack as Annette, Fidel, and then Boo-Boo. Which Who is he knew as Vern. Godly, Kayla. Yep. Straight up told her this is what happened. But Patrice didn't call the police. What an 
You know what? I wanted to smack her so bad, Chris. I wanted to smack the living shit out of her. It's just a lot of enabling for me. Yeah. A lot of enabling. You could have been the one to save him. My only thought is that maybe she was like, this is impossible. They would never do this. I'm not going to call the police over something I don't think happened. But if I see blood on the child's clothes that you're bringing to me, mind you, at midnight, they bring the baby over to her house. Kayla, please. Patrice knows who she's in the middle of the night. She knows Jack is nutty. Even saying like, oh, I think something terribly, you know, went terribly wrong when she said she's pregnant. She's bringing she had a baby. Josh was here with blood. You know what's going down. Yeah. So you just didn't trust your gut. You decided to try to, I don't know, save Jack. Kiss an ass. I don't know what you thought, but it was the wrong move, Patrice. Somehow Jack was still able to have access to Joshua. Even after Patrice felt like "Mm, something's going on. And after Joshua had told her, hey, they killed my mom and sister. And Jack was able to give Joshua some medicine. She was like, oh, you need to take your medicine. But he kept saying, I don't take medicine. I don't need medicine. But obviously she ended up giving it to him anyway. And shortly after he started throwing up. That's the iodine. Mm -hmm. This is horrific. Patrice really... Really pissed me off in this. And I I know she wants to play like a victim, but... You're not a victim, ho. I can understand that you were confused and you didn't know what to do in a situation, but it doesn't change the fact that if you were reactive and did what you were supposed to do, a little boy would still be alive. A little boy would still be alive. After he told you what was up and what was good and you kind of put two and two together, you knew what it was. Why would you even tell her that... Oh, this yeah, is by what the he way, said. He told me that you killed his mom and sister. What's that about? What are you? Are you okay? Like oh, you fuck. could figure it out without telling what the baby said. If a child, if you told cared me, about him, if a child told me that at seven years old, seven, even if Terrell's girl is five years old, told me something like that, I would immediately react. But would you like tell the yeah, person? Yeah, no, I wouldn't tell the person. Like, I would call the police. Yeah. I'd be like, "This is what this child said. Go check out that house." Yeah, because if not, you're putting not only yourself in danger, you're putting the child. So if anything, Patrice, you should have known that this could potentially fall back on me. Because now I know who killed such and such. Right, and her life wasn't even threatened yet. We're gonna get to that. Mm. Jacqueline was trying to poison him, obviously, but it didn't work. So she decided that since he could identify all three of them, he had to die too. <sighs> Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, she went back and told basically Fidel and was like, hey, like he's in there running his mouth about us. And Fidel's like, well, we got to take care of him too. And she took him back to the apartment she shared with Fidel and both of them tried to strangle him to death in their laundry room. So they like took turns, but it didn't work. Eventually, Jack ended up putting him in the car and stabbing him multiple times before she left his body behind a building. She's disgusting. Worst of the worst. Now, mind you, Patrice is fully aware that Jack and Fidel and Laverne plan to take this baby's life because their first attempt was right in front of her. She the was, iodine. No, that she didn't know that it was iodine. Mm-hmm. She was at their house, Kristen, when they tried to strangle him in the laundry room. They literally told her, Jack did, hey, bring Joshua to the laundry room where she tried to strangle him in front of Patrice. And Patrice jumped in and stopped her and stated like, he's just a little boy. Patrice, you piss me off. Don't act like you give a damn now. Right. Like, unless you're stupid too, because <laughs> you led him to the slaughterhouse. Yes. yes. And, and now you're trying to save him? Why? Because you're seeing it for your own eyes what's going on? And it's, I saw that she said she was afraid of Fidel. So remember, Fidel is the one that tried to strangle him first. Right. She didn't stop Fidel. She stopped Jack. She stopped Jack because she's afraid of Fidel or whatever. I get it, right? You see a look in someone's eyes. You're like, I don't want to fuck with that person. But you knew that. You ain't got no weapon. You ain't strapped. Why you get in a car with? She got in a car with all of them. Why would you do that? And that's what I'm saying. Like when when baby boy told you what was good and mentioned the three names, even if you pulled Jack aside and was like, Jack, girl, what you got yourself into? If that's your friend. Don't go with Jack and Fidel to their apartment with the baby boy. Don't let them leave with that baby. Are you okay? Logic doesn't have anything to do with. A fear, a fear situation. Logic goes out the window. Yeah. And also, like, I just feel like maybe sometimes when women are used to being around men, they're uncomfortable with or they mm-hmm. fear, but they don't want to say anything. They just want to upset go them. with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's what they're used to it's versus real. saying, hell no, I'm not being around no nigga I don't trust. That's real. You know the story of Goldilocks and the Three Mm-hmm. 
and how she was like something was too hot or too cold and she wanted something that was just right right have you ever had that feeling of wanting just the right experience just the right creative boost the extra lift just the right addition to your life to have better sex whoa better sleep yeah okay so what do you have for us i want to introduce you guys to microdosing. now microdosing is a concept that is usually associated with like psychedelics and fun stuff like that but you can take it into your everyday life in different ways and we want to tell you guys about a product that is sponsoring our show and it's called microdose gummies microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of thc Y'all know what that is. Uh oh. That help you feel just the right amount of good. Ooh. Throughout the day, too. And the best part about it, microdose is available nationwide. You don't have to live in a place where THC is legal or anything like that. You can access it wherever you are in the United States. Ooh. Super dope. We highly suggest you guys trying it out. And if you want to try it out or even just learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code. Black True Crime to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. 30% off? I know. They they updated that. It's giving. Again, microdose.com and use code Black True Crime to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. The link will be in the description just in case. Okay. Back to the episode. Another reason why she wanted to go over there was she said she wanted to see the baby mm-hmm. that what's her name claimed she had. She did end up seeing the baby and the baby was super light skinned like Ah, black light skin. Like Jack, like mixed where light are skin. you in this? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the baby had blonde hair. So Patrice knew it wasn't their baby and still did nothing. I'm going to say, Patrice, you you in a world of You're America. on my I shit You list. should go to jail. I'm going to say she's on my <laughs> shit list. Even if it's a year, you should go to jail. Because you made justice. horrible Something. choices. Horrible choices. At every turn, you could have called somebody and you chose to sit and stay silent. I wouldn't trust you to hold my Eminem packet, ho. You Shoot. don't have the good sense good God sense gave you. The Lord bless you with. You just as nutty as Jack to even have a friend like Jack. Right. So once little Joshua had died, the group plus Patrice drove to the place that they took his body. And Fidel threatened Patrice and her family's life and said, if you ever tell anyone what you saw this day, I will kill you and your family. She was so deathly afraid of this donkey man. Look at that family. Look at the baby boy. Look at little Jordan. He's the only little chocolate one in this picture. I know. And he was able to tell, like, something's wrong. Yep. Oh. Now, yes, Patrice would end up telling her side of what happened to the cops. But before that could happen, another witness was ready to talk about what he'd seen. Whoa. And who do you think it was? Laverne. No, Beach. 22-month-old Jordan. Oh, my oh, baby. My precious angel. You precious boy. You should not have seen that, experienced that, none of that at all. Wow. But he was going to talk. Oh, yeah. He was ready. Despite what police thought and possibly the killers as well, Jordan could speak very well and ended up telling his aunt what he saw and said, like, hey, like, my mom and sister were killed by Laverne, Fidel, and Jack. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He legitimately told one, two, three. He's two. He's literally two. Because he's a baby and they can't necessarily put him on the stand, they used what he said to point them in the right direction of some adults that could help. Wow. that's That's how they got to Patrice. Shout out to the witness, the baby. Jordan. Jordan the baby, the yep. two-year-old who could do what nobody else apparently at the time wanted to freaking do, yep. Patrice. Be- I'm about to say, because who knows if Patrice would have opened her flapjack ass, long mouth, honeycomb, big teeth. Big- <laughs> I don't even know what she looks like. I'm just assuming. I don't think she would have until she made sure she was straight, like her yep. family was protected. And I get, I get that, right? But before her family was even threatened, she had multiple opportunities to, to tell the authorities. So that's what I'm saying. I can't give her completely that no you can't and patrice was able to take police to the location of joshua's body so when police went to the couple's townhouse to arrest them jack was acting completely shocked she kept saying this is my baby like i'm not letting you take him get away from me you a lie lying ass and honestly in her head maybe she thinks it's the baby but she still knows where she got it correct like she still knows like i took this baby even though it's mine i still took it from someone how could she not remember 
conducting a c-section something she's never done before right to get this baby but that's what she was acting like she even showed them a bootleg birth certificate that (laughs) immediately looked fake it was just a damn mess premeditated Mm -hmm. going to prison they wasn't falling for that fidel was acting shocked too claiming that he was a new dad and hadn't done anything wrong these people ain't shiz naive they suck his dumbass was still wearing the jacket he wore while killing Deborah. It, so you know it has blood it, spatter. I was literally just about to say it literally had blood on it. So both of their gooses were cooked. They were just, I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do. They were living in a delusion because they only had this baby maybe 24 hours. I was going to say, a definite delusion. Yeah. They did what they did and then it's like they put it out of their mind and they kept it pushing. Yeah, exactly. Once Jack was in custody, she kept lying and lying and Kayla, lying that some more. To be? That's Jack. Kayla, that's not Jack. Yes, that is. That is Jack. How is she five shades lighter than I don't she know. Was? I would love to know. When I look up Jack, this is Jack. This is also Jack. That's the person we saw? Yes. I'm confused. I'm completely confused. Look at her prison tats, bitch, on her neck. I see it. It says love is something. That bitch is nuts. That looks horrible. But yeah, yeah, that's her. Love is enough. That's what it looked like. And ain't. And ain't. If it was, you wouldn't have been out here killing folk. You know. To keep a man. Right. (laughs) Why you trying to keep a man? Why you trying to keep a man? Love should be enough. Oh my gosh. Wow. She looks different. Yeah. Real different. She said that the baby was Fidel's. And that the baby's name was Fidel Caffey Jr. Lord help us. Like that type of delusion needs to be studied and locked up. I was about to say, and put in a mental health a unit. padded box. Wow. She claimed that she had no idea that Deborah had been killed. But she did know that Fidel and Laverne planned to go to Deborah's house that day and that the convo wasn't going to be pleasant. Oh, so she already like ready for her escape? Like, is she trying to plan her out by snitching? I don't know. She's what like, is you know, she doing? I, I was aware that they were going over there, but I had no idea what they planned to do. She never expected murder, Kristen. And you notice how she says she ain't go right. According to Jack, the two men asked her to meet them in the parking lot of the apartment complex at around 10 p.m. on that day. And when they came out of the building, they were holding a newborn baby. Hmm. She blamed the murder of Joshua on Fidel and Patrice. Uh, so remember, Joshua is the one that they took from the scene. The seven-year-old The baby. seven-year-old boy. She blamed it on Patrice. Girl. Patrice, that's why you should have went to the police. And that's oh. exactly what you get for trying to be what? A good friend? My crack. My ass crack. On November 18th, however, she signed a statement admitting to playing a bigger role in the murders and kidnapping. But when it came time for her trial, she only claimed that she was innocent. So you lying? Kristen, you switching up? Time. Did anybody do a psyche evaluation on this lady? If you're mentally unstable to the point of doing something like this and having no recollection or to the point of being able to be deemed insane, mm-hmm. you don't have the wherewithal to protect yourself. You're not trying to think like, let me get myself off. Mm-hmm. That's not something an insane person tries to do. That's true. But we know that there's different levels of mental illnesses. Correct. I'm not so saying I she's still not feel mentally like she ill, but I'm saying something. that she's not insane. I agree. I she don't think has the, something. I don't We're think the girl's insane it. at all. I think she knows exactly what she did. Mm-hmm. But... There needs to be a psyche vow on this lady because something is not right. Right. So Jack was claiming that she was completely innocent and so were her co-defendants. Lies. Laverne even had the nerve to say that he'd been framed. <laughs> the audacity. If, 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 a, if a nigga's gonna have anything, it's gonna be the audacity. I'm telling you. Every time. And he gonna find a lie to tell. She, he, yep. they. They. We'll find a lie to tell. However you identify, Mm -hmm. you're going to lie. Besides the statements Patrice provided and the account baby Jordan provided, police found more evidence to prove that the three disgusting individuals were responsible for the three murders. Good. On the sidewalk in front of the apartment building, they found the poultry shears used on Deborah to cut her open and an emissions test notice that belonged to Deborah was at her house and it had Jack's fingerprints on it. Ah, well, there you go. So it's like, well, at least we know that you were there. And right. Depending on what date was on that admissions test, they can't. she can't say, oh, I was there at right. her house before. She was prime was time there when around the, the murder. Was mm-hmm. Yep. The knife that was used to kill Josh was later found in Jack's dishwasher. 
as if the bitch was gonna use it again. Wow, wow, this is sad. Give me five fucking minutes with her. Yeah. They don't give a damn about Deborah. No, they had one goal, and it was to get that baby and kill anybody who could place them there at the scene. Yep. And what's even worse is like Jack was pretending that she was invested in what was going on with Deborah's pregnancy. Like she would hit up Deborah and be like, "How's your pregnancy going?" Like was acting like she gave a shit. But she she did. was just she was just monitoring it so she could plan like, "Okay, I'm going to take your baby when he's full term." 100%. It's like almost like Deborah's a surrogate. Awful. Completely How are you awful. Doing? Yep. Deborah this whole time has no idea Sick. the worst thing is about to happen to her. Sick. They found the cord used to strangle Jordan in a trash bag in the garage and they found some bloody clothing along with a pool of blood on the floor of the backseat of the gray car that was found in the garage. So, mm. blood evidence, DNA evidence, you're going to jail. It's all there. There's no... You're going to jail, you're going to prison, and you're going to hell. No conspiracy there. The iodine bottle was found and everything. So, there was no denying the connection. I mean, everything they needed was there, yeah. but a confession. Peter Piper picked a pepper, you're going to prison. And all three of these assholes took their cases to trial. During Jack's trial, it would be determined that her IQ was 81, which is below average, but it's not mentally disabled. Yes, I hate that word, but yes. And that she suffered from borderline personality disorder and antisocial traits. So we knew it was given something wrong, but not enough. But not enough to, you know, escape judgment, escape the death penalty, which is what she was facing. We in the end, Jacqueline, Fidel, and Laverne were all found guilty of first degree murder, and kidnapping, and robbery. Laverne ended up selling a radio that he stole from Deborah's house. Mm. Although Joshua claimed to Patrice that there were four people responsible for the murders, a fourth suspect hasn't been identified to this day. Okay. So maybe he just, you know, got it mixed up, but he named the three that he knew very easily and very clearly. I was going to say, I would not be surprised if he saw a, a looming demon right. in the midst and just didn't know that how to like... That was puppeteering everything yeah. that was going on, yeah. That didn't know how to call it out for what it was. Yeah. Poor, poor baby. Oh, Joshua. It's horrifying what he went through. Multiple attempts on his life by people he thought he could trust. I can't even imagine the fear that he was going through. The fear that he expressed. Because as a child, you're crying. You're making it known. Like, I don't want this to happen. Please stop. Patrice said he cried all through the all night. All night. And that was before they even tried to take his life. Because he's grieving the loss of his yes. mother and his sister. Yes, that he witnessed. Wow. I can't. I can't, Kristen. I cannot. And I won't. This is hard. <sighs> Fidel and Jack both were sentenced to death. Woo! Nice. While Laverne was sentenced to life in prison plus 60 years. Ugh, so I don't like They're you. all dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're never seeing the light of day ever again. Never breathing untainted, unfart-filled air. Investigators feel that if the group knew how well Jordan could talk, they would have killed him They would have, Kayla. Which I'm like, he would have killed his daddy. His Laverne, own... you don't know how well your son can talk, you useless piece of shit. But that's the thing. Like, he didn't give a damn about them kids. Because if he gave a damn, he wouldn't have even left the baby there. At Laverne's sentencing, he said, quote, there is no way in God's green earth that I would have done that to Debbie. Someone with less than a human being did that. It's no fucking sense. Like, what are you even saying? I am not a psychotic killer. I beg to differ. And so does the DNA evidence. And so does Joshua. And so does your own son. Your son saw you kill his mother, his sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, he told on you promptly. Wasted no time. (laughs) Wasted no time saying your name. Although, according to his ex-girlfriend that he was arrested for harassing and beating multiple times, he called her shortly after the murders. And told her that she better break up with her boyfriend. Because she was with someone new. Break up with your boyfriend. And if you don't, I'm going to do what I did to Deborah and her family. Kayla, he's on a high at this point. He, the control. I'm is telling insane. you, it's a control thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a drug to him. He is completely, like, power drunk and just started running his suck. I'm telling you, pull up. Right. And even if, she's, even if she's not being truthful, maybe he didn't. Even if he didn't really call her. I believe I don't her. give a damn. 
And in there, girl. Get, him, get rid get of him, more girl. Time She's on like, him. put him away forever. I'll <laughs> help you. What do you want me to say? But the thing is, I know he did. Yeah. Because like you said, he was on a high. Mm-hmm. He got through with it. He felt good about himself. And he was on to the next person to control. Yep. Absolutely. Now, when the murders first happened, police thought that Debbie's boyfriend at the time, James, remember the guy that found her? Yeah. Could have been responsible. But they ruled him out because he was at work during the time of the murders. Yeah. January 11, 2003, the one-term governor of Illinois, George Homer Ryan Sr., commuted all death sentences to life sentences without the possibility of parole. So, he I saved guess. their lives. I guess. Right. Shortly after, though, he was convicted of corruption charges and spent five years in federal prison. And so you in the same prison <laughs> with the folks that you commuted? That would have been great. I'm sure the they, they left him alone. They definitely did. Yeah. They are like, you know, good looking out. Mm. Now I can traumatize people and harass them within prison for the rest of my life. Mm, mm, mm. So Fidel and Jack's lives, like I said, were saved. But that wasn't good enough for Jack, Kristen. No. Jack wanted more. Jack felt that she deserved more. Kayla, what? first of all, her silk press is given. It's given. How did her hair? She, that's a wrap. That's a wrap that's that a she wrap for freshly sure. came. Like, yeah, for unwrapped. sure. Yeah, she definitely just got her hair done. Mm-hmm. In 2012, the 45-year-old had decided that she'd served enough time in prison. She did her debt to society. She owed no one else anymore. And she deserved to be free. She said, quote, I'm a very good person and feel I deserve to be back in society. I don't, we don't give a damn. I have lived every day in regret. And if I could redo this, I would. I understand my guilt and I am so truly remorseful. But I feel I have served enough time. I just want to be productive and be a blessing to kids and other women who are in a predicament like myself. What is that? In what jail for is a that? fucking a, for a triple homicide? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like she has a slight obsession. So even her bringing up kids again is yeah. like I'm looking at her like. Why would you even say that? Like, she, if any, if, if nobody's gonna want you around nobody else's kid, not even your own, because I'm like, it would have made sense if she was like, I want to get out and be a and mother to my kids. How, or why whatever. has she that mentioned her sense. own kids? A fucking sliver, a period, a <laughs> sentence, a comma, a doggone word about, about her, her own kids, the kids that she birthed. Right. No, you're staying in there. She goes on to say. I am guilty, but not of all of this. And I believe I deserve a second chance. You can. Okay. Well, well I don't. God, what you think doesn't fucking matter at all. <laughs> That's a blessing. In oh, dad. So Jordan and Elijah thankfully survived that horrible day. Oh my gosh. Their father or their mother's father, Sam was granted legal guardianship of the boys in October of 1996. And they are said to have had a very normal, loving childhood. But according to Sam, one day, I think it was Jordan, said to him, quote, we're supposed to hate them, right? And we're going to do something to them if they get out, right? Period, Jordan. Because what the fuck? I was to say, like, what else is he supposed to? Yeah, like, what is he supposed to think? Exactly. And Sam said it broke his heart because he realized he was teaching the boys to hate. Oh. Mm -hmm. Because he was so angry about it and just expressing it around them and probably was saying what he would do if they got out. And they picked up on that. Right. And that's not what he wanted. So although he still hates what they did and misses his daughter, he has forgiven the killers. Oh, that is so tough. And he didn't do it for himself. No. He didn't do it for his salvation. He didn't do it for none of that. No. He did it for the boys. The boys, the heart of the boys, because he didn't want to wow. sully them and wow. make them, you know, bitter or cold. That's tough. So I thought that was a beautiful thing. Yeah. He's way better than me. I could never sure. let anything like that go. And just shows you how resilient people are and how the heart can heal. Oh, my God. And how, like, your care for someone else can actually cause you to want to be better. Yeah. Simpl- not for yourself, but for that person. Yeah, exactly. And that's our case for this week. Woo! That was tough, y'all. I'm so glad you made it through with us. I and- know. Excuse baby Cade. He's so loud. He doesn't care that we're recording. Nope. At all. At all. So we apologize for that, but also he's amazing. And yeah, 
I'm grateful every day that I get to be with Kate every single day. And it just hurts my heart even more when cases like this happen. Like we're going to be interviewing the sister of a five-year-old that went missing. Not really. It was kind of like sold off. Yeah. And was murdered. We'll talk about that when we release the episode but I don't want to do it because my heart is just I can't feel it but like I said again that's selfish of me because her story deserves to be heard so I'm gonna fucking do it and if I cry for three days after that's my business (laughs) you're better than me because I can't do it yeah Chrissy can't do it she can't do it y'all but remember human trafficking is a thing yes okay it's not just the stuff you see on tv it's real things like this with baby Babies being affected, babies being killed, crazy people. Yeah. Crazy people. They can hurt and yeah. they can cause things to happen that will ruin you or try to for the rest of your life. So be safe. Protect your people. I'm not even listen, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to all of that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh please let us know what you guys think. You know how to hit us up. Find us on Instagram. I never check our Twitter. I'm so sorry. And email us if you want to just let us know what you thought about this or share something with us that may break our hearts as well because I'm always open to speaking with you guys. I love you. I will be replying to our DMs very, very soon. It's gotten backed up and I apologize, but I still love you guys all the same. If you enjoy it at all, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast. That way you can get notifications when we release new episodes. We released two last week, so if you haven't listened to those yet, please get caught up because you're missing out. And yeah. And as always, before we go, be safe, safe, protect protect your peace, and and protect protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.